Right now, when you come in and switch to T-Mobile, you get the amazing iPhone 11 Pro on us with iPhone XS trade-in. <sighs> Aren't these mountains majestic? Joe, are you even looking? I'm posting these amazing pics I took with my iPhone 11 Pro. It has three cameras. Whoa, those pics are amazing. And you have service too? T-Mobile. Their newest signal goes farther than ever before. Uh, then you can look up whether these are bear tracks, right? Or we could just run. Come to a T-Mobile store today and get iPhone 11 Pro on us with iPhone XS trade-in. And right now, get four lines for just 30 bucks a line with AutoPay. Switch today. Contact us if you cancel or credits may stop in full price due, plus taxes and fees via 24 monthly credits for well-qualified customers with qualifying service and finance agreement. Zero down with trade-in plus 3125 times 24 months. Pre-credit price $999.99. APR while supplies last. Holiday tips and fun facts from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine & More. Did you know there are over 10,000 wine grape varieties worldwide? Here's to thousands of gift possibilities. My go-to holiday wine is Chardonnay. I love it with turkey and potatoes. Pile on the gravy. Let me show you our more than 8,000 party-perfect wines that are in your budget and out of this world. Whether you're entertaining or just bringing the wine, we'd love to share our always low prices and ridiculous selection with you this holiday. Now offering same-day delivery at TotalWine.com. Cheers! This is the Formation Lab. Welcome, everybody, to the first ever episode of the Formation Lab. If you saw the title of this and said, that sounds like a motorsports podcast, you're probably right. I mean, there's a lot of goofing around, but it's a motorsports podcast nonetheless. We'll talk about it, and if you want to hear more about it, you're in the right spot. Absolutely. If you want to read more about it, we're on Twitter at FormationLap101. I'm on Twitter at Inside Club's Head. And I'm on there at TimSTLF1. And uh, we should actually probably mention our names. My name's Luke. And I'm Tim. And uh, we're going to talk about motorsports. But first, we had the opportunity to talk to Simon Pagino earlier this week. And what an honor. I mean, to talk to an IndyCar driver is cool, but to talk to the Indy 500 pole sitter the week before the Indianapolis 500, it doesn't get better than that, does it? It doesn't. And, you know, the fact that he was so generous with his time and such an awesome pleasure to talk to and to interview just makes it all better. It absolutely does. So a big thank you to the people at Worldwide Technologies Raceway at Gateway for setting this up. They're going to be hosting the Bomberito 500 August 24th and 25th at Worldwide Technologies Raceway at Gateway. It's going to be a great time. We'd also like to thank Team Penske. We'd also like to thank, obviously, the people behind the scenes here at 101. They do excellent work, and we couldn't survive without you guys. So thank you so much. And without any further ado, Simon Pagino, everybody. The Formation Lab. So, Simon, we're going to start out on a sad note, and we're going to make it happier as we go along. We're recording this on a Tuesday, and uh, Nikki Lauda passed yesterday. And what does his passing mean for you and for the racing world as a whole? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he he was a unique uh, driver person in the racing industry because he had no problem saying what he thought. And, uh, and truly... It doesn't happen no more. We don't see people like him anymore. You know, the best quote he ever said is when he said he had a, a great ass and he could feel uh, a race car better than anyone. To me, you know, he, he always also said that he didn't think he had the talent, but he could work harder. He was the perfect example of that. And for me, it's been a recap of my life. Um, I've always had to work really, really hard to get to where I'm at. Um, it's never been easy. And... Uh, 
that's why I could relate very much to uh, what he's done and what he said. And it's sad. It's a sad day, but he's, he's had a great life too. Um, fantastic success. Three-time world champion in Formula One. Um, obviously, he went through a lot with his crash in Nürburgring, but um, he's, uh, he's a face of the sport. You know, on Instagram, you put that you wish you were an Ayrton Senna, but you feel like you were born a Nicky Lauda. And I thought it was really appropriate because we described your win at the IndyCar GP as Senna-esque with your driving in the half rain, in the half dry. That was impressive stuff. Yeah, I've been uh, trying to emulate uh, Ayrton Senna's uh, driving style forever, uh, for my whole life. He's the person that got me into racing. He uh, inspired me. I uh, got lucky enough to get close to his family and the foundation. In uh, 2014, I was able to wear a helmet uh, with his colors, half mine, half his, and donated the helmet to uh, his foundation that he built uh, with Vivian, his sister. So for me, I mean, as a kid, I was obviously he was my idol. Uh, getting close to the family was always very special. Um, and I always wanted to be a sinner. I always wanted that talent, that raw talent, that speed that he had. Uh, definitely felt on 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 the Grand Prix track in the rain that um, I got a little closer, uh, <laughs> but uh, I'll never be like he was. He was just he was just amazing. Uh, obviously, he's a god of racing. So uh, I feel like I was born more like a lot louder for sure. Just uh, you know, I I I'm very technical. I go through a lot of thinking to get my car right, and when my car is right, then I can display some Senna stuff. But uh, uh, it's definitely um, an interesting, um, you know, they're definitely, those two have definitely, and Schumacher as well, have uh, drawn my career. So you follow up a drive for the ages at the IndyCar GP in Indianapolis, and now you're sitting on pole for the 103rd running of the Indianapolis 500. You have to, you have to just be absolutely thrilled right now, right? Yes. Uh, you know, we haven't had the best season last year. So, you know, all the work that we did in the background, um, while was we were having uh, tough times is paying off now and you know everybody's like what's going on well it's pretty simple it's just that stars aligned we've worked really hard uh, we've worked really well um, efficiently and it's paying off now so you know that's what I could see I could foresee that last year a lot of people doubted us but uh, we're here I gotta ask like as a fan I would get nervous for the Indy 500 are you nervous for the Indy 500 or does that like wear down over time or is it just still so big Ah uh, no, I get nervous. You can't hide that. I mean, everybody gets nervous. If you don't get nervous, then you should probably retire. I think because it's the biggest. Not only it's the biggest race in the world, it is the single um, sp- best biggest sporting event in the world. Uh, so there's nothing like it. I mean, you you have three hundred fifty thousand people gathered together in an arena looking at gladiators uh, fighting for one inch on the racetrack. So it's um, it's phenomenal. It really is and. Um, before qualifying, I was a little nervous. Um, managed to meditate my way into a quiet place and um, put out a good drive. And uh, let's talk about qualifying a little bit. You uh, qualified with a two twenty nine 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 two. That was almost a full uh, tenth of a mile an hour faster than Ed Carpenter. Did, you just had to have felt that, right? I mean, yes. Uh, my first lap, I um, I saw the time. I was a little worried. I didn't think it was going to be enough after the first lap. So. I did everything I could to adjust. Uh, I've got some adjustments in the car for the suspension to make the car turn a little more or turn a little less. And I did it. To go fast on a Novo, you have to make the car slide a little bit on the right rear tire, meaning that you use less steering input. And I did everything I could to use the least amount of steering, sliding the car a little bit at this speed, uh, which is honestly um, 
you know, riding on the limit. And um, and it worked. I managed to not abuse my front tires, so therefore I didn't scrub any speed. Ed, you mentioned riding on the limit. We saw a lot of guys ride on the limit, and it didn't work out so well for them, as it does almost every year during practices and qualifying. Uh, something I've noticed in the past, and this year especially, is it's coming out of turn two, where a lot of guys seem to lose it. Is there something about turn two at IMS that is just tricky? It is a tricky place. Um, uh, you cross the wind there. You know, it's it's always the wind is often going in the same direction, and there was the practice with very tricky wind through turn two. And you know, you go around turn one, and all of a sudden, the short shoot, you cross the wind. The wind's coming from turn three and and hits you on your front wing or the other way on your back, depending on the the, the wind direction. And that's when you lose it. That's when you can't do anything. It's imagine turbulences in a plane. Basically, we're driving planes with two little wings on the front and the back and four tires. Um, So except those wings are upside down, so we stick to the ground, but it's very little downforce to go fast on the straightaway. So when there's a gust of wind, uh, often you could lose it. And speaking of losing it, we saw Award and Kaiser almost flip their cars. We saw that DW12 chassis flip back over, and how much does that say about the safety and the confidence you have in the safety in those cars i mean it's great to see uh we've 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 seen uh, very pretty sights of bad crashes and that's pretty unusual to say right uh but uh, indycar has done a phenomenal job with safety um you know throughout the years we've had this chassis since 2012 and they've improved it they've strengthened it they've done uh, a lot of uh, development to make it better and stronger so now we also have the afp uh it's a deflector um, in front of our face, basically, uh, drivers. So then no object can come and hit off our helmet, which is very, very good for safety. But when you see the car go up on its side and come back down on the right, um, I would say, on the right side of the car, it's uh, really reassuring. You know, in the past we've seen car flip, fly. Uh, that doesn't happen no more. So it's uh, it's pretty awesome. And it has to just give you guys the ability to really push it to the limit too, knowing that, even if something does go wrong, I mean, I'm personally going to be okay, right? Yes, I think, you know, obviously safety has played a big part in racing and we have uh, more and more drivers all over the world because the risk versus reward has changed. You know, in the lot louder time, um, you know, you would risk your life every time you are on the racetrack. Uh, now, we still risk our lives, but it's not, not as uh, treacherous, I would say. So you, you can push the limit further. More people do it, more people push the limits, so the racing's also better. And uh, speaking of more people pushing the limit, it seemed all 33 of you guys that are in the show this year pushed it to the limit. I have a stat here that only 2.748 miles per hour separates you and Pippa Mann, who is the slowest uh, qualifier. That's the closest field in yeah. Indy 500 history. That's insane to it, me. Isn't that amazing? It's, uh, you know, it's a testament to IndyCar again, uh, producing a great car with the, uh, uni- the universal aero kit. But also the engine manufacturers, you know, they don't get enough credit for what they do. Um, they create, they've created this V6 engine twin turbo. They produce about 750 horsepower, and every year they increase the horsepower. They make the end, the, the fuel efficiency better, and um, and you see that everybody's on top of each other, and the competition's amazing. Every teams have raised their game. Every drivers have raised their game. Um, you could see that. Everybody's very fit. There's no fat drivers. <laughs> uh, and uh, and you can see that the competition's amazing. Yeah, I was going to say that that's part of the thing to me that stands out about IndyCar, somebody who just watches all sorts of, of racing disciplines. And something I'm sure you noted too is 
any given Sunday, like half the field has a good shot at winning. Yeah. 20 cars have a good shot at winning. And the other, you know, four cars actually have a good shot at a f- decent finish. Yeah. What can you say about the quality of competition in IndyCar nowadays? It, it honestly um, is remarkable. Um, you know, as a driver, uh, I know I'm driving for the best team, the Yankees of, 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 of racing. I mean, Tim Penske is the best of the best. This is our 50th year at uh, the Speedway. Um, we've won 17 times that race, 18 pole position. Uh, it's incredible. So, you know, knowing that you drive for the best team, seeing how the teams get so close to us sometimes is like, wow. You know, and sometimes getting better than us, it's 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 incredible. So it just shows that, you know, there's always more to be found and it pushes you to be better every day. And that's what racing is all about. Speaking of unpredictable races and outcomes, the Indy 500 is just the prime example of that. I mean, you can win from last place. You know, you have a good shot anywhere on the field. Uh, Is that just part of, like, what drivers enjoy about Indy is pole position is great, yeah, but everybody is going to be challenging you, and you're going to be challenging everybody, right? Yes. um, You know, pole position is really uh, just uh, an honorific title, I would say. You're just the fastest man that day. So that's pretty cool to say it, but it doesn't win you the race. There's still 500 miles to go, a lot of outside factors that are going to come in play, and you have to deal with that. So we still have to execute. There's a lot to do, and um, I must say you can start last and win the race for sure. Um, and that's what's great about this racing is you know, you, you, you stand a chance even if you're an underdog, and I think people love those stories. You want to talk about underdogs. How cool is it, even as a Penske guy, to see – Junkos racing and to see Clawson Marshall racing come in, roll a car out, and they're going to compete with everybody else. Yeah, you know, I I, I used to race for Schmidt Peterson at a, at a young age for their team, and we won races. And I was the underdog at the time. It was a lot of fun, but um, you know, now I'm with the big team, and I, I got to I got to enjoy Bomb Day uh, watching. I would never want to be in that situation. <laughs> I think it's the most stressful thing ever, but. Uh, you know, watching Alonso McLaren try the challenge was incredible. Junkos and Kyle Kaiser making it in was, was fantastic because, well, one of my mechanic, one of my first mechanic is crew chief on the car, so that was pretty cool to see. Uh, but that was uh, a titan work, what they did, this team, uh, being able to, after the crash they had, to rebuild the car and, and beat McLaren and Alonso is, is phenomenal. So uh, obviously I want to see McLaren and Alonso come back. I don't know if we're going to talk about it, but uh, I want to see them come back. It was great for them to, to do that challenge. We'll actually get into that in just a second. I wanted to talk about guaranteed spots because I know that I was actually watching the Blues playoff game, which around here is you know huge, and I actually had the feed of the bump day <laughs> like on my phone, and I was Go Blues, yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> That's yeah. nice. Yeah, I was losing it at bump day, so my question is: is there's been a lot made about guaranteed slots this and then guaranteed spots at the Indy 500. Uh, do you have any position on that or do you enjoy bump date so much? Personally, um, you know, I, I, I could just, I could just say whatever my team's saying, but I, I, I love the show. I think, um, IndyCar is doing a great job with making it dramatic. I think people want to see something dramatic. It was, and, uh, it kept me on the edge of my seat personally. So I'm also a race fan. I would have watched it and enjoy it. Um, although it can be sad to see someone go home, but you're very happy to see someone make it too. So uh, I can be on both sides of that story. Um, I personally think that the, the, the format is awesome right now. So uh, they're definitely doing something right. 
So let's talk about who got bumped. Fernando Alonso, obviously, (laughs) one of the biggest stories around this Indy 500. Isn't it kind of shocking to just think that like a name like McLaren, who obviously have had a tough couple years in Formula One, uh, doing a little better this year, I'd say, and a name like Fernando Alonso, and they come and they just can't get the car figured out. What's your reaction to that? Well, first of all, my reaction is that, you know, let's not bid them up too too much because, like you said, it's a very competitive uh, series, more competitive than people actually think. Uh, the speedway is the tempo of speed. There's nothing like it in the world. There's, you, can't, you can't compare it to Monza in F1 or you can't compare it to Spa-Francorchamps or other tracks. This is a unique track that you won't find anywhere. Sometimes we go in the wind tunnel ourselves we get some numbers and we go to the speedway and it doesn't match. So there's a bit of mystery still in aerodynamics and friction of mechanical parts and heat, temperature. And um, that's what translates to speed. And I think uh, it was very unfortunate to see that McLaren suffered. Uh, but in the meantime, it's all about preparation. I think the crash really uh, put them on the back foot. I think they, they were ready before the crash. I think the crash just uh, really affected their chances um, to do well in qualifying. Now, you know, obviously Alonso is a big name and I thought that would have been phenomenal for the media, uh, especially European media, to follow that race. And for me personally, as a, as a French guy, it was important to have them in the show uh, to make sure that the media were going to follow um, uh, that race. But, uh, you know, Formula 1 would have been watching the whole race because of Alonso being here, but... Uh, uh, I don't think that'll change, but I think it would have been better if he was in the show. Um, so I hope they come back because it takes a lot of humility to do what they did. You know, a lot of people are going to say, oh, McLaren, they didn't do a good job. But it takes so much humility to, you know, be an F1 team and say, we're going to go and try this challenge and see if we can do it. That's what racing is all about. You know, we that's what we love indeed. That's because they are good stories. They are bad stories. And they're gonna. I hope they come back with Alonso and try to make it. I know F1 fans uh, have a reputation as kind of not following IndyCar and thinking this and that about it. Alonso missing it can kind of show, though, like this isn't something you can just step into that easily. I mean, this is a very difficult thing. It's a big bite to bite off, right? Yeah, I mean, it's a huge cake. (laughs) It's a huge cake. And uh, let me tell you, I think when he came to Andretti, with the team that was ready at the time, they had the best package, best engine, best uh, best aero package, and best cars. Uh, it's a lot easier that way when you just step into a team that's ready to go. They explain to you everything that you need to do. Your teammate shows you show you what to do, explain how to set the car up. In this situation, it's a lot easier. The way that he came with McLaren, they had to learn everything, and that takes a long time. You know, obviously, Tim Penske shows it. That's fifty years of experience. You're going up against that. It's it's going to be a challenge, a huge challenge. But uh, we'll see if they do it again in the future. I think um, they're up for it. You know, they they're that kind of team that can do it. As somebody who's raced alongside Fernando Alonso, do you get the feeling that this is just like one of the last things on his bucket list? Is that triple crown? Do you think it's personal for him? I think if I understand him well, <laughs> um, you know, being a racer, not 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 talking to him or anything, but being a racer, I think that will give him even more motivation to come back, even more desire to win it, because the bigger the challenge, the more you want it. Let's talk about the actual race now. How do you feel about your car? Because I know that qualifying speeds and race speeds are often two very different things. The trims can be different. How do you feel about your guys' ability at Team Pinsky to uh, trim the car out for race day? Well, um, 
qualifying was obviously very good. We knew we had a fast car, um, but my first impression of the car was in race trim the first day, and it was strong, very strong. And I knew we were ahead of the program already. So then we had time to work on the qualifying car, make it as free uh, as we could so I wouldn't steer too much and, and not scrub any speed. Um, that worked. Uh, now we went back to our race setup on Monday, and it was very good in traffic. I think we still need a little more, a little more, bit more front grip to be good in traffic, and I think we'd have a hot rod. <laughs> so I, I got to ask you this as a fan as well. I know we mentioned earlier that I go every year. My day is waking up at 5 a.m. and driving an ungodly distance to the race. What is your day look like on Sunday? I, do you even get sleep the night before? <clears throat> oh, yeah. I sleep really well the night before race. I don't sleep the night after. Uh, it takes me a long time to recover because I can't sleep that night. So I remember actually, you know, since we're in St. Louis, uh, the race after uh, at Gateway when Joseph Dugan passed me for the lead and I finished third that race, uh, I did not sleep. I stayed outside my motor room, looked at the the sun come up, uh, just uh, replaying the whole race the whole night. Um, so it's as intense as it, as it is, basically. That's That's what this kind of racing is but uh, I'll um, for Indianapolis for the 500 I'll just go to bed early that night before um, meditate a little bit to calm myself a little bit and the next morning I'll eat the same thing as I eat every day <laughs> same thing I eat for lunch as well I'll get a stretch massage uh, session with my physio and um, I'll be ready to go you know it's it, at this time it's just about being focused in the moment and not really think about the outcome I'm going to make you think about the outcome a little bit here. Right? <laughs> of course. <laughs> uh, just hypothetical, you win the Indy 500. What does that mean for you, like as a personal, just a personal achievement? Well, I tell you what, if um, if that was to happen, when that, when that happens, when that happens, that's the way I'm thinking. When that happens, um, it, it will be a huge, uh, not a weight off my shoulder, but a, a feel of freedom because um, – you know, my whole life has been about racing. My whole life has been about being here today with you. Uh, my whole life has been about winning and finding ways to win, being the best at what I do. Um, there's nothing else I'm interested in. I just want to be the best. Uh, so, you know, I've I've had goals and I met every goals I've ever had in racing. So I won the championship in 16. I won the pole at Indianapolis. That was another goal. That's checked. <laughs> My next goal is to win the Indianapolis 500. So um, when that happens and you've accomplished all your dreams in your life like that, it's a very special feel. Um, so I'd have to have another challenge. But um, it will be the best day of my life, no question. And um, I think I'll just be fulfilled with so much joy, so much, uh, so thankful, so blessed for my life um, that, uh, yeah, that'll be the best day of my life, best uh, best emotions. What are, the, what are the things? I'll probably that, cry. Yeah. <laughs> I'll probably cry. I, 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 know I don't blame you. I don't blame <laughs> you. Uh, one of the things going through my mind is uh, Alexander Rossi's first 500, the 100th running, and they tell him you've won the Indianapolis 500, and you can hear him cry over the radio. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's just something I love about the 500 is the emotion and the fact that, like, winning this race, I mean, like, makes a legacy for you. Like, it, it is such a big deal, uh, such a huge race and a huge accomplishment. So uh, I think that's all I have for you. So, uh, I mean, I really appreciate it. I know I'll see you on Sunday. Hopefully you're going fast enough. You don't see me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see you on Sunday. I Also, I want to see you here at, uh, at Worldwide Technologies Raceway. World, that's yep. it. I want to see you there. And, you know, you need to try to get in a two-seater ride because 
that is the best experience, especially if somebody like you that's so much into racing. You need to experience what it is to be in an IndyCar. Uh, the two-seater is basically a second seat behind the driver, and you get to go around the, the, the speed with the, the short oval at, uh, at Worldwide uh, Technology Raceway, and that's, that's amazing. You need to do that. I, I, it's on my bucket list. So you talk about your bucket list. That is on my there bucket list. Personally, I go to the race at Worldwide Technologies Raceway, the Bomberito 500, every year. And uh, it's a fun little track, isn't it? It's awesome. It's awesome. So much activities for family and kids. Uh, it's a great time. Well, thank you so, so very much. Simon Pagino, right here on The Formation Lab. The Formation Lab. That was Simon Pagino. Uh, thanks to our good, good friends at Worldwide Technologies Raceway at Gateway. Hashtag friend of the show. Hashtag friend of the show. Uh, they made all this happen. And uh, thanks to Team Penske. Thanks to Simon himself. I mean, also hashtag friends of the show. That yeah. It was, that was such a cool interview. It was so good. I mean, like, it, I was watching him and you could see his eyes light up because he knew he was being asked questions by a fan. And a lot of times these drivers do these media circuits that it's just like, yeah, you know, I watch the 500, but I don't watch all of IndyCar. Or I don't watch the qualifications. So for him to, I think for him to see the questions like that, you could tell he was like, oh my gosh, I get to talk about the things that I really want to talk about. Not just like my favorite food, but like how it is coming out of turn two and the way the crosswinds intersect that place. Yeah. And to, you know, talk about his, you know, Senate-esque drive in the yeah. uh, in the NDGP which, so great which props to you you actually came up with that during a recording session that nobody will ever hear nope it's gone it is off into the ether somewhere but yeah I did it's actually and on a because drive that's because that's right here oh it is it yeah oh it's gonna die now isn't it um, probably so uh you know it watching that drive that's all I thought was Senna and Donington going from fifth to first in the you know the downpouring mm-hmm. rain seeing uh Simon carving through the field like he did in the in the wet it was so cool to see i would dare say knowing 50 50 that it's rain versus dry on that track and knowing the the way that changes yeah it is is just as difficult as a full downpour absolutely because a full downpour it's a known quantity you know what it is exactly so to watch simon come out of that and and to find grip in you know parts of the turn mm -hmm. where there shouldn't be any And he found it, and it was just so cool to see. Like, and he comes out of that, yeah. And he goes to qualify, and qualifies pole, right? I asked him this, but he's got to be riding on top of the world, right? Absolutely. How much of racing is confidence? It's, it's, it is a massive mental game with driving mm-hmm. and going, you know, performing and competing at this level. Uh, confidence is a massive key, and you don't have to be a motorsports fan to know that. Baseball, hockey, football, basketball. The hot hand takes it. You have to have, you know, the guts to make these moves, the guts to know, no, 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 no. I'm down by 14 with 30 seconds left, but I can win this because I've got, win it. I've got the tools to get there. And mm-hmm. Simon knows, you know, he's got the car that he can put it out into, you know, the middle of the apex when he's passing Scott Dixon and he knows that there's grip mm-hmm. there. And, and that's awesome. To have that confidence going into the Indy 500. All right. The Indianapolis 500-mile race. Okay. the I One of the three biggest races in the world, I would say. Most prestigious. I mean, it is. Definitely. It is. Most fun to watch. Yeah, it is 
it. Yeah. And it's and you can sit and you can watch it. And, you know, Le Mans is really hard to mm-hmm. watch because it's 24 hours. <laughs> Monaco can Not be, that it isn't entertaining. No, absolutely not. I'm not taking away from the entertainment factor of any of the Triple Crown. Uh, but, you know, the the Monaco Grand Prix, now that we have cars that are bigger, uh, and it can it's be a, a bit, bit of a processional. Yeah, it can be a bit of a profe- processional. Um, but, but the- yeah, the, to have that confidence... To have that swagger going in and to know that that car from Penske is so good that he can be as consistent as he was for all of practice and qualifying. I mean, he was he was just there the whole time, just steady Freddy. It was great. It was incredible. And that's why he is one of our – I don't have a sound effect made, so I'll just make a pew. <laughs> drivers, drivers to, to watch, watch for the Indy 500. He uh, definitely is. We're not going to do a drivers to watch for every show, but obviously the Indy 500 is such a big deal that you kind of have to – do that it's it's the big spot on the calendar where we have to say these are the drivers to watch absolutely so simon pagino i mean top of the world his confidence is mind-blowing his car is fast properly fast and he he absolutely he's absolutely correct it's a monster and if he if they get the whatever front end tweak he wants them Mm -hmm. to do i hope they figure it out in just the way he likes because he's they'll go far then our next one uh, is Alexander Rossi. And I'll talk, okay, full, full disclosure. disclosure, full disclosure, that's the theme of the show is full disclosure because we have to know, you guys have to know our biases coming in. I'm not going to be the guy who never says a bad thing about Alexander Rossi, all right? But I am a fan of Alexander Rossi. One of my first IndyCar races, I was watching him win, I won't say first, it was one of my best memories. Uh, I've watched ones before, live. I was watching him win the 100th Indy 500. And it just kind of cemented me as a fan, hearing him go, oh, my God, and he cried, right? Mm. Um, but here's the thing. I said when I saw that that Rossi is an Indianapolis specialist in the making, and I stand by that, by God. <laughs> and you should. Yeah. It's, uh... So let's let's fast forward to the year after the 100th running. The 101st running, Rossi goes toe-to-toe with Fernando Alonso for the first 100 laps or so of the race. I mean, obviously, I don't remember the exact lap that – it kind of fell off, but it was about the first half of the race. And I mean, honestly, it was one of the most entertaining things I've ever seen live. You're just every lap they're passing by and you're like, they're in a new order. What? What? Now Rossi's two behind. Oh my gosh, he came back and now I'm seeing him pass him. And now Alonso's two behind. It was so much fun. It was a ton of fun. And, you know, it, we'll, we'll get to that later, so but then what, what, things went bang. Right. Things went bang for, for Alonso and Rossi had a, a pit mess up. Last year, he qualified in the last row and pulled it home to fourth, which is a darn good finish. All right. That's an incredible drive, too. That's an incredible drive. He was the unsung hero of last year, really. He absolutely was. And he's, you know, established himself kind of as, yeah, you're right, a specialist. He knows that speedway. So for him to qualify ninth, which, I mean, if you're, if I'm going to say Indianapolis 500 specialist, Obviously, you're thinking, he qualified ninth, though, right? Third row isn't what I would think of as a specialist. But for him to qualify that close, this guy knows how to go through traffic. He is one of the best when it comes to actual racing. And we're recording this on Tuesday. But on Monday, we watched the practice with all the cars on. You actually get to see what you know the pack is going to look like. And that kid was cutting through the pack like a hot knife through butter. All right? And remember, he went from 30th to fourth yeah ninth the podiums within shooting distance absolutely yeah so he he is just so good i think now granted i mean i'm not gonna come out and say that he's my pick to win yet but uh 
you just can never count Rossi out of the Indy 500. It's I don't think it is. Very it is unwise. unwise. Speaking of people who it's unwise to look over, Spencer Pickett. Mm. In the past, if you've looked at Spencer Pickett and uh, maybe thought, eh, okay, whatever. But this year, this year, Spencer Pickett is the real deal. All right, in every qualifying and practice. Spencer's turned in some tremendous speed. He, he's sitting on the outside of row one, so that should tell you how legit he is. It is not easy to make the, the first row of the Indy 500. No. He holds the fourth fastest time turned in this month. <laughs> this month. With as much running as, ha- as has happened there this month, that's impressive. Between the top three guys, I think there's over 1,200 laps, and he uh, 1,200 laps run for those top three guys, and he's sitting fourth with over 400 laps raced himself. Just incredible. Uh, 230.471 miles per hour. And, I mean, it is un- – look, if this car is going to break 230 and be one of three cars to – or four cars to do so, excuse me, you can't count him out. No. Nope. And I think the only thing that's going to bite him is I don't think he's been this high up in he, – he he's had the pressure of maybe leading in a lap or two in the Indy 500. But he's a racer. He'll get through. It exactly. not smart to count Spencer Piggott out. Absolute gamer. So, yeah, speaking of interesting people who uh, in previous years you might have thought, well, he's there. I, he has as good a shot as anyone is Connor Daly. Connor Daly looks right fast. Middle of row four, which is not a bad place to be sitting, honestly. Uh, no. and we said Rossi in row three was in a good spot. Connor Daly sitting in row four. F- Here's the thing. All right, every row in Indy. Besides, it's a good spot. It's a good spot. It's a, it's a spot where row, you can get the podium. Mm-hmm, the last row is harder, yes, but you can get a podium. Yep. From the last row. And we, we heard Simon talk about that, where pole position is really just an honor. It is. It's just a title. It means nothing when it comes to the race. Come race day, no. But I think, you know, again, I, I that was pretty cool. It's hard, it's hard it's, not it's, to it's pump a, it's up. It's extremely hard not to be impressed by that run. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Connor Daly, he's sitting in the middle of row four. Not only that, but he is looking for a sponsorship, obviously, in the last few years. He's been fun to watch, and you really want to watch the kid do well. Um, but it hasn't always been a fun watch. It's been an, a ride, shall we say, a roller coaster. Yep. He's looking for a full-time seat. He comes in. He's his hometown. He grew up in Indianapolis, all right? And never underestimate the power of a hometown kid in Indianapolis or the marketability of a hometown kid at the Indy 500. It is insane. <laughs> it is absolutely insane. I mean, you know, St. Louis rode high on David Freeze with the, you know, the World Series mm-hmm. uh, heroics. Imagine St. Louis. Yeah. yeah. Imagine the St. Louis David Freeze thing. All right. Or whatever your hometown is. Think of just the most legendary sports figure. That is every IndyCar driver who comes from Indianapolis exactly. at, at the Indy 500. It is it is that effect, and it's yeah. such... Uh, Connor Daly doesn't have a full-time IndyCar ride. You will see more Connor Daly gear than half the field. Absolutely. <laughs> at the Indy 500. Absolutely. I'm thinking about it, you know, because so, it's cool. It's, it's a really great story, and you want to root for the hometown kid. You want to root for the hometown kid, and the hometown kid has a great shot at starting at in the fourth row. Yep. So I, I like it. I'm going to call my shot. Do it. I'm going to allow you to call your shot. All right? Okay. My shot, and I'm taking him first, Alexander Rossi. I know, full disclosure, I'm a fan of Rossi. But I think it's one, it's unwise because he seems to be one of the best drivers in terms of ability to cut through the field, and he's starting with not a lot of field to cut through. The only thing that's going to hamper Rossi, and this is hampered in, in countless races before, is the ability of outside factors. To influence his race, luck. such as the yeah. Yeah, the pits. He has had such bad luck yeah, with his pit crew luck. over yeah. the years there. But 
it it's unwise. You can't count him out, nope. and he has a good start, and I can't see anybody. I see a people who I consider as good, right? Mm-hmm. But I can't see anybody in the front rows who is that skilled at just being able to take two cars on a straightaway. Right, 100%. Um, so, But, yeah, uh, so – well, that's – I mean, that's I can't disagree with that. Mm-hmm. That's that's fantastic. Uh, my pick, my shot is going to be Pagano. I'm going to go with the hot hand. Pags, He's, he, Pags is coming He's out He's sucking of, up to the guests of the show. No. <laughs> yes. Uh, right. I meant it last week when I said it was Senna-esque. I think that he is coming in with such swagger. If He's he, got a car behind him that is not only, you know, from, uh, you know, just a – just a storied team in Penske. The Yankees of racing, he the called The Yankees them. of racing. They they have the right backing. They have the right technical expertise. They know what they're doing. If there's somebody who knows their crap in IndyCar, it is Team Penske. <laughs> exactly. And it's, you know, I think that that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the hot hand. I think it's going to be Pags on the, on the top step. You Not- know, that's, he's just, he's shown that he has that, not only that confidence, that swagger, but that calm. I'm not going to disagree. All right, um, as much as yeah. I'm ripping on you for sucking up to a friend of the show here. It's okay. Hashtag friend of the show. Hashtag friend of the show. But hashtag friend of the show also is it, he's steady behind the wheel right now. He's fast, and, you know, he put it on pole, and I mm-hmm. think he's going to make that translate. It really, It's really a bummer sometimes that radio is such an audio medium because we both did the little hashtag finger thing. <laughs> we both did hashtag friend of the show. Uh, but, yeah, I, I'd agree. I, I think both those guys have good a shot as any and a better shot than most. But here's the beauty of the Indy 500 is without a doubt, we're both going to be wrong. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I hope not. But I hope not. I, I, I would right. love to be, be right. able to say that I interviewed the winner of the Indy 500. That would be so cool. <laughs> that would be so cool. And, and you know, I just, yeah, I think there's a lot to be said about that swagger and that confidence that he has in the car. The dude the was ice cold co- walking through here. You could tell he was on top of the world. Ice through his veins. It's it is, really great. I say ice cold. We're not talking Kimi Räikkönen and ice cold. We're talking like... <laughs> The dude didn't have his, a care in the world. Yeah. It, you could have talked to him about non-IndyCar things, and IndyCar wouldn't have been on his mind because exactly. he is just so happy. He seemed happy. He seemed confident. Yep. And it is time. It, it's it's time. I mean, the guy has put in years, and I I would I would love to see that Rossi. I'd love to see Piggott. I'd love to see Daly. I'd, I just love this race. We guys. Would, I was gonna say we're. <laughs> We're both going to be happy with anybody that wins this. It's yeah. going to be a great race. Yeah, this except Scott Sunday, Dixon. I'm just kidding. I love Scott Dixon. He's <laughs> <laughs> talking about luck. Good Lord. This that guy, man has more luck than he's than fate. I'm throwing him luck. on drivers to watch because uh, Scott Dixon, you can never, ever, ever, ever count him out of the out of the never. race. Out of any race and, he's at. Never. And it's infuriating to watch when it happens against your driver, but like by – how can you not respect the man as just a t- one of the most talented drivers on earth? It's impressive. It really is. But but so, yeah, any of the, it's guaranteed to be an outstanding race. So let's talk. And I cannot wait. Let's move from something outstanding to something not outstanding. Aye. Uh, All right. Now now we're gonna, again full disclosure. You're we're, a McLaren being, fan. I am a massive McLaren fan. Uh, you know, from the Formula One days. Uh, one of the first races I ever watched was Canada 2011 when I got into it just after college, um, where Jensen Button pitted four separate times, went from dead stone dead last to win the race. But where is that McLaren now? Yeah. Stone dead last yeah. because they're not starting. It, yeah, yeah, so um, here's the thing. All right, we don't want to hop on the dog pile. All we right. don't. Here's, uh, and, and, but, and full disclosure, too, we both think it would be in the best interest for us as viewers and – for IndyCar and for McLaren to join. 
hunt for for them to join IndyCar full time. Full time, absolutely. I, but here's the thing: is my oh my, that was just a disaster of a boy. Month. That was rough to watch. And I think I was a fan of Formula One, was a fan of IndyCar. It was hard to watch because you want the sports to grow. You know, you want that cross and in, cross sectional interest. You do. And it kind of hurts the race, doesn't it? It kind of hurts the Indy 500 to not have Fernando Alonso in it. But, and we talked to this with Pags, it kind of proves how hard it is because McLaren kind of bit off of more than they could chew. They did. And they got, you know, they, and we'll talk about it later, they got pipped by, you know, the underdog team. The, who, the, who may or may not be up for an award later. Who knows? We're, we're going to see. Too close racing. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it was. It was just a systemic failure, it felt like, from their approach mm-hmm. to their, uh, you know, the lining up so, of, you know, the, the flow charts to make sure things were there on time. Mm-hmm. It just felt like it was like Murphy's Law. Everything that could did go wrong. It did. And let's let's break down a few of the notable things. It was revealed by Autosport recently that just weeks before the test in Texas, which was their first test with that car, they did not have a steering wheel and it just kind of occurred to them like oh hey wait a minute we, we don't have one of these things we, we might need this yeah so zach brown himself mm. had to go to cosworth okay and uh like personally get one so what, what's his technical title again i'm not sure what his technical title is but he's the head honcho he's the head, yeah he's he's the big dog over the there. big dog at mclaren yeah he's the he's uh the, the current iteration of Ron Dennis yeah. is my understanding. We don't know corporate terms. We're not – I mean, you're a corporate guy. I'm not. <laughs> but uh, Kind of. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, he is the head honcho. So yeah. why would, would your head honcho, would your big guy, your big dog, have to be personally searching for – A steering wheel. Some would argue what, maybe the most important part of the car. <laughs> exactly. It just kind of – it does blow my mind a little bit that that, yeah. you know, that, that came out. Yeah. Which um, would explain why they had trouble getting the car on track – at Texas, yeah, was that steering wheel exactly? And you know, it's it, it again. It comes back to a systemic failure. You know, to have that happen, it's. I think that they needed a better run up mm-hmm. to the Indy 500 than they had. They needed well, at least a couple of a couple of Indy car races to shake down the car, to get used to its foibles, to to learn it, to really you know go into the Texas uh, testing. With a better uh, understanding than they had, obviously they didn't even have the steering wheel. So, yikes! That you know that it's that's the, a it's yikes McLaren. out of ten for me, dog. It is. It is. It's McLaren. It you know. Come on. When it, you say the word McLaren, it's like the word is fast, and your mind should immediately go to like just. It's the same. The thing. beauty of racing, absolutely. So, you know, like you think of Senna in the MP44 from nineteen McLaren you himself. Think of Bruce McLaren. It's. It's a name like Penske. It's a name like Andretti. You think of speed. You think of... I, th- I think of it like I think of the word Ferrari. Right. It's it's synonymous with success in motor racing. And to show up without a steering wheel? Yikes. Yikes. But And not only that, but they again, crashed... don't want to rag on them. Yeah. I mean, we're not dragging on them. I mean, here's the thing, all right, is it was tough to watch McLaren, but we need McLaren. I mean, we from, do. As a fan... And I I I need just McLaren just I need to just consume it and just I would love it. Right. And as a McLaren fan watching them uh you know in the back third of the field for so long, I desperately want the them. Formula 1 field. The Formula 1 field. Mm-hmm. Apologize. Um in the back of the F1 field, I desperately want them to be 
in the midfield to the sharp edge of the F1 field, and I want them to compete in more stuff. I want them to be an IndyCar. Mm-hmm. I want them to be an IMSA. I want them as many places that, as mm-hmm. they can get because I think that they, you know, it's an institution to the, to motorsport, and I think that they yeah deserve it. They absolutely do. So I think McLaren can go one of two ways. They get angry and say, we're just not going to do it again. But I think that they're smart enough. I think Alonzo is driven enough. Uh, full disclosure, all right, me, uh, I really like Fernando Alonso. Tim, maybe not so much. Eh. Um, we uh, Here's the thing is we respect him as a driver, all right? Yeah, the, the, in no way do we discount the fact that he is a – you know, generational talent. <laughs> he is a massively talented driver. If, if there is a car, that man will probably get the most out of it. Anybody, anywhere. Yep, he so. will. He will absolutely outperform the rivets on it. It yeah. is. Yeah, it's impressive what he can do. That said, for that said, for Fernando, I think McLaren and Fernando both they need to put their nose to the ground. They need to go look. Obviously, Penske, Genasi, all right, they all know something we don't. All right, and the way we get that is by running against them for a full season. And here's the thing, too, is they should really look into, and this is my uh, opinion, of course, they should look into running uh, Pocono mm. with IndyCar. Yeah. Because uh, it's the track I would consider most similar to Indianapolis, and I believe uh, somebody's going to tweet at the show uh, at Formation Lab 101. <laughs> Angry tweets are it's incoming. It's turn three, but I think it's turn <laughs> two that is, uh, turn two or turn one that is uh, shaped Exactly like an Indianapolis turn. Like a copy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, somebody furiously typing on their phone at Formation Lab 101 uh, already <laughs> at us. But uh, it runs similar. It is similar. Has yeah. the same upsides. Has the same downsides. I think they need to do that. They need to come into St. Petersburg next year as just a full-fledged team. And I think maybe not next year. Maybe the year after that they can go and say, we have a shot at winning this, and we have a darn good shot compared to some of the field. Mm. I think McLaren really has an opportunity here to put their, you know, gr- sharpen their axes and say, look, we're going to turn this negative PR story into a positive PR story. And can you imagine the commercials when they win it? We get better. We improved. We took time, money, sacrifice. You won't get great by just stepping in and being great. Yeah, and, you know, I think, you know, the institution of McLaren desperately wants to do that. You know, it's not just me as a fan desperately wanting them to do well. It's the institution is so used to winning. They have that winning pedigree that to have this much loss on their, you know, on their docket lately, they're going to want to clear all that. They're going to want to come back and show, no, the McLaren name is synonymous with victory in motorsport. And, um, you know, I know Zach Brown uh, just last or yeah, last month in April said something to the effect of it's not a, you know, an if we're coming to IndyCar full time, it's when we come mm-hmm. to IndyCar full time. And that, you know, to me is thrilling. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see that. I think you're absolutely right mm-hmm. that um, they would benefit. They're going to come back and they're going to make that statement that, yeah, we're here. We win and we learn from our mistakes. And, That's- you know, not to quote, mm-hmm. uh, you know, someone who we will bring up later on in the show, uh, Mr. Lauda. Uh, you know, you you have to learn from your uh, failures. That's the only way you learn. You don't win learn much by winning. You learn by failing. And yeah. I hope that they take this absolutely. Uh, and you know, maybe in uh, in his name and carry yeah. forward the victory. I I cannot describe how excited I am for this potential because I mean, like we said, the PR story of we had a bad time but we got better is way better than we stepped in and we're great. Yep. 
I don't think this hurts McLaren's odds. That's the question we had on our little rundown here. Is this has hurt the McLaren odds going full time in IndyCar? I would say no. I'd say it almost helps it. So I hope so. Yeah. Unfortunately, we have an award. Some weeks it's easy to give this award and it's fun. This week it's not so it, fun. It bums us both out. Wreck of the week. Wreck of the week is coming up right here on the Formation Lap on 101 ESPN and Podcast One. The Formation Lap with Luke and Tim. All right, well, that theme music means it's time for our first weekly award for Wreck of the Week. Now, we were talking like this isn't like an actual wreck. No, it can be theoretical, figurative, however you want to do it. If it looks kind of like a wreck or if you're kind of bad news, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Somebody has like a sandwich. I mean, that could be that could be a wreck. You know, a wreck sandwich. Sure, that'll uh, do it. Somebody shows up 30 pounds heavier one week. Man, that guy's a fat wreck, wreck of the week. You know, hey, I tried. It was just a sandwich, man. <laughs> Come on. The wrecks are making uh, you a wreck. <laughs> exactly. And this week is a bit abbreviated. Right. We're going to abbreviate it this time because we just talked about McLaren. And I and mean, please join IndyCar full time. It's going to be so great. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, please, this, McLaren. It, it would be, be so cool. It would be really, really cool. So, but unfortunately, the string of errors that they made and the lack of planning and the lack of execution, they got to be our wreck of the week. There's no real. Yep. So I can't think of another well, nomination who would even come close. Can you? No. No. no? I think yeah. uh, I think they were the big headline. I mean, obviously, Autosport agrees. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> five you know, out top, of five six out of story. six story. Five out of the top six stories are about uh, McLaren, and you know, I don't want to. I definitely don't want to pile on anymore because no. I'm a I'm a McLaren fan. You know, so and yeah. I I want them to be back to their winning ways so badly. So. Um, yeah, I, they are the wreck of the week this week, but you know it is what it is. We move on, learn from it, and uh, pray that they join. Oh my goodness, that would be so great! It would be it would be great for the sport. It'd be great for McLaren. But let's move on to a happier a happier subject than McLaren. All right, let's do it. It's time for the people's champion. I gotta I gotta do that in a really dramatic way because the, the bed music. Fits it, right? Yeah. <laughs> the people's champion. Yeah, like you got to kind of dig deep for it, I think. Yeah, I feel like I should announce like the people's champion to a crowd in like a gladiatorial arena. Yeah, you're in the Colosseum yeah, in Rome exactly. instantly and you have to announce it to all of them. You got to kind of belt that thing out there. So the rules of the people's champion are a general interest who we find maybe not had the best week, but had the most interesting week. Um, this week we have one nominee. We're not going to spoil that, though. No. Uh, so the, we're actually, so the rest are for the runner-up. Right, right. I promise, guys, this will get way back. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna go back to to a normal award, but unfortunately, this week that that award has to go to a very specific person for a very specific reason. Right. So we're gonna go for. I don't think any of these nominees would take umbrage with this decision. I think that they would all tip the cap, absolutely, as it were. So I think we're going to go into our runners-up nominees. The runners-up for the People's Champ. The People's Prince, I guess? I don't know. Uh, people's Champion, I'm thinking King, Prince, I don't know. Who knows? It'll, it's okay. The second People's Champion. So the nominees are Simon Pagino. Frenchman not only came on our show. Which, huge thank you again. Took the NDGP, is riding one of the most confident streaks I've ever seen in, in driving an Indy car in a long time, and grabbed pole position for the Indy 500. I mean, come on. Well done. I mean, that was that's a great story. It and is. honestly, that would be the number one story if McLaren didn't, uh, you know, 
have such a have such a month of May, shall and we for, say? And for me, you know, it's it's still the biggest story. Like you know, as a as a racing fan, that's awesome. It's huge. Yeah. So you know, McLaren. Yeah, they they fell on hard times, but. But Simon Pagano's riding high, and that's that's awesome to see. And so he's he's nominee number one. Nominee number two, Bubba Wallace. He's had a frustrating year, and he actually came out and said, you know, he's been fighting depression because his results haven't been what he envisioned. But he got in. He fought his way into was, the Monster Energy All-Star Race, and yeah. he won a stage. He didn't win the whole thing, but he won a stage, and that was enough to make him cry. And it was beautiful, wasn't it? Uh, you know, just from, yeah, from the fans' position – it's really, really great to see someone like that be so honest with how they're feeling and how you know hard they are on themselves, and then to see them succeed uh, is really great. So, um, yeah, hats off to him. He's I don't, he's coming he's coming around. I can't think of a single person, a single NASCAR fan, who dislikes Bubba Wallace. There might be some who are indifferent, but I don't think anybody hates him. He is a lovable character, yeah, a lovable racer, and we really do. We wish him the best. So, congratulations, claps, claps all yep. around. And our third nominee is going to be two teams, actually. Uh, Clawson Marshall Racing and Junkos Racing. Uh, Pippa Man and Kyle Kaiser hung with the big dogs. And not only they hang with the big dogs, they came within 2.7 miles per hour, close to them, making for the closest Indy 500 field of so, all time. It's so cool to see that. And you'd love to see that because that's what makes Indy great, is the ability for anybody to come in and just, hey, Buddy Lazier, you have a car in your garage? Let's go race it at the Indianapolis bleeping 500. <laughs> yep, and you know what? I think you put it best uh, last week on the show that no one will ever hear. Nope. Um, that any given Sunday, anybody can win if it's their day. You come in and you bring, you put your best foot forward and you can be on top. And I think that's that element of IndyCar is what, for me, has really won me over as, you know, as as we move forward, everyone listening will uh, figure out that I'm a bigger F1 fan, but I'm slowly turning into an IndyCar fan at, you know, watching over the last year, knowing that any Sunday, it could be anybody. I don't know who's going to do what, but I know there's going to be awesome wheel-to-wheel racing, and I can see something like Pag's last week at the Indy uh, GP pulling off one of the best drives I've seen in years. So, you know, any it's it really is uh a lot of fun to watch and so yeah, for uh for anybody to win, that's fantastic. And and for a small team like that, Clawson Marshall runs dirt track races. Right. <laughs> like how anybody, can you not literally love anybody? That? This is this is for those of you who are just checking this out because you're not yet interested in motorsports. First off, thank you for listening for this long. But uh, <laughs> this is like you and your buddies who play like a beer league softball, just like happening to qualify to play the Cardinals one day. <laughs> like, like, is it going to end up like, are you going to beat the Cardinals? Probably not. But you got you were good enough to be with the Cardinals just because. And and you know it's up to you if you want to put the beer down to go to go play them. I I maybe not, but you know whatever. <laughs> um, so but, uh, but yeah, they are our our last uh, our last nominee. champ for the runner up. Uh, um, so we're gonna take turns eliminating each of these it. three yep. uh, until we have one left. You get the first elimination. Um, this is a tough one. I'll admit this oh, is tougher this than is previous just, years. This is our previous, previous weeks. weeks. Yeah. Um. Oh. Because he is, uh, he I he was my call my shot for the Indy 500. I'm going to eliminate uh, Simon. Oh, uh, from okay. It. Yep. This yep. is interesting because he was maybe my winner. 
There okay. you go. Okay. okay. Uh, but you don't want to you don't want to suck up to him too much, though. No, so. no. I, I wanted I want to remain fair and impartial. Okay. So I love Bubba Wallace. I love his story. All right. I love watching him. All right. Win that stage. I mean, he was crying at the end of it. It was beautiful. I'm going to have to eliminate Bubba Wallace. I understand that. And, and here's why. Yep. Because Bubba Wallace's win is fun to see from a personal standpoint. Junkos and Clawson Marshall making the Indy 500 as close as they did and picking off McLaren is good for the entire sport. It is. And, you know, from my perspective, I make no qualms about it. I love privateer teams, little outfits that, you know, go pound for pound with every dollar they've got, making the most of absolutely everything they have. You know, any every screw, every part, every tire, they're making everything stretch. And to see these guys go up against the might of McLaren and win just you win know by a, such a small margin too. so small but they won and i <laughs> love that so much you know they, it's that i i always want to pull for the underdog it's mm-hmm. so great to see Race. it's that david and goliath moment where mm-hmm. you know david actually won because most of the time goliath <laughs> knocks his skull in 99 um, times out of 100 goliath might win yeah but junko showed up and they took him down. And it was it was just absolutely wonderful to see. So, yeah, that is my people's yeah. champ for the week, yeah. the runner-up. I would agree. What's our unofficial motto here is racing is better when everyone can do it. <laughs> exactly. And when anyone when there can are, do it. When there are more pe- the more people, the better. And the cooler the story, the more I'm going to cheer for you. Absolutely. So, Junkos Racing, our runner-up, Big Claps, will reveal who the people's, real people's champion is in just a second. But yep. first, uh, we'll have a little segment called The Best Thing I Saw All Week. Yes. Uh, is there any option here, really? No, there really isn't. And I, I'm going to take it from my perspective again a little bit just because it blew me away so much. I was utterly confused. I texted you about it, uh, about the qualifying for the Indy 500. It was baffling to me <laughs> why these things. I'm like, wait, huh? So we're going <laughs> to, really? It goes no. for this long? I'm used to Formula One where it's, you have qualifying one two and three and, and it you takes have like to, an hour and a half to get through it it's fine hour and a half you're done you put out your best laps and that's about it this takes a much longer period and i didn't understand why luke kept telling me wait till bump day wait, wait till, till bump, bump day. day you need to hang in there and i'm like oh all right man okay and then on bump day it made sense didn't it It made perfect sense <laughs> then all of a sudden the, the tension was massive and junkos comes out and pips him yeah, literally just pips them right at the end. And it's just, I was elated. It was wonderful. Yeah. I'll um, make a fan of McLaren over here going, going I'm a, I'm a was, McLaren fan was, and I'm rooting for Jukos. Right. It was crazy. But, and, you know, I, uh, again, love McLaren. I really hope you're back. But that was kind of cool to see that the underdog uh, scrappy team put it all together. That was, was the best thing I saw all week. And, you know, that combined with, uh, Simon's drive at the Indy GP. I'm just like uh, Formula One. Yeah, what, what, what's that? Yeah, what's that? We'll I, talk about the Monaco GP in just that. a yeah. second. But uh, first, we want to reveal the actual people's champion, and we can tailor that right into the Monaco GP. The actual people's champion. Everybody else is runners up, and good job on them because they would have won any other week. But we have to give it to Nikki Lauda. Uh, unfortunately, yes. The... And here is why: not because you know he had a fun to follow story. Um, yes. It was very saddening. But if you ask not just fans, but if you ask racers who they look up to, what are the two answers you're going to get? Nikki Lauda and Ayrton Senna. Yep. And these guys are, are gods among men, among the racing, and every single racer. How many racers did you see on Twitter, 
on Facebook, Instagram, post something just about Nikki Lauda. And if I saw every single one that I follow on social media post about him, Nas- some posted twice. NASCAR drivers yep. posting about it. NASCAR drivers, IndyCar drivers, MotoGP uh, riders. People in, in racing entirely different machines are over here going, this man was one of the greatest to have ever, like, strapped to himself have, to a motor, really. Yeah, and, ha- you know, they everybody gave hats off to him. And, you know, it, it speaks not only to, yeah, he was just an incredible driver um, and he, you know, and an all-around person that everybody could admire and respect and demanded that, you know, cross racing discipline respect and you know to me when you know you look up the word grit in the dictionary Nikki Lauda's name is right there I'm looking at a picture right now of of him on the Formula One Twitter and like the dude just he's old school cool isn't he he is old school cool he you know to to go in from uh, the German Grand Prix in 1976 in that hideous car accident where he, um, you know, was burned quite a bit of his body. Inhaled, took off. He, inhaled he inhaled actual fire. Inhaled fire. His lungs were burned, scalded. He had to go through excruciating treatment to come back six weeks later and race in Monza for Ferrari. Uh, you know, I, I, I do defy anybody else to come up with uh, a better sporting comeback than that. It's it's one of the best of all time. He was a competitor's competitor, a driver's driver, and you know all around um, just a titan. And we, uh, you know, it's a it's a Game of Thrones line, but we will never see his like again. He they broke the mold when they made Nicky Lauda, and uh, hats off to him. Hats We're off. Gonna, the world's gonna miss him. Uh, absolutely. Let me hit you with some Nicky Lauda stats. All right. Do it. Wins twenty five, fifty four podiums, which is insanity. Uh, 24 pole positions, 24 fastest laps, three world championships. They just and, and not and only two I, retirements. Yeah, <laughs> you know it's it's not like where you know you have some champions that come back. You know you've got uh, Schumacher coming back uh, to F1. You've got Lance Armstrong coming back to bike racing, and they aren't quite there. He came back with McLaren and won. And won. Yeah, yeah that's that's Nicky Lauda. Yeah, he. He was, pound for pound, one of the greatest drivers of any discipline of all time. And his influence in not only historical racing, but he influenced the races today. I mean, IndyCar. uh, I mean, Formula One. I mean, NASCAR. The safety measures that started, you know, we really saw an uptick in in safety after Ayrton Senna's death. But we also saw an uptick in after Nicky Lauda's crash. Mm -hmm. And his, his effects are immeasurable. So we will see. Uh, we will see what happens because he was with a certain team in Formula One, giving a little bit of guidance here and there. He was. He I would was say the, he was the uh, their figurehead. I would say yeah, just their, about uh, their executive. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was their figurehead. Of course, we're talking about Mercedes. We are talking about Mercedes. If anybody was curious, we're talking about uh, yeah. And we're going to transition the, into the Monaco the GP because I think the evil empire has nothing to lose, and they will be hell-bent on getting a win for Nikki this week. It's Monaco. It's the crown jewel of the F1 calendar, and Mercedes will be out with a hallowed mission to win one for Nikki at Monaco. So, um, And, you know, I, I think the odds are they're going to win. 
honestly, they've they it's it's a historic run they're on. You know, five one twos to start the season. That's crazy. That's not happened. Um, but you were telling knowledge. me earlier that you think I Mad do. Max is going to pip them. I do, and here's why. All right, here, yeah. The speeds, it. if you look at the apex cornering speeds uh, for Catalonia mm-hmm. uh, last last weekend, okay. um, the Red Bull was faster in the in Section 3 in several turns. Now, granted, the Mercedes going into, you know, going from that DRS zone into the first turn mm-hmm. of Section 3 uh, was faster. Yeah, okay, but it's the Mercedes. It's coming off, you know, a powerful DRS zone. There, there really are no straights. In Monaco. No. It's all turns. It is a chassis track for sure. Even the straights are turns. They (laughs) are. They really are. And they're bumpy. They're everywhere. You really can't tell Mm -hmm. which way it's going to go. And Red Bull historically has shown up with uh, just an absolutely dominant chassis, even when they have an inferior uh, power unit. All right. So now it's time to disclose your fandom. I am a Red Bull fan. You're an Adrian Newey fanboy. That is that is absolutely true. I am an Adrian a, Newey fanboy. Yes, you, sir. If you went to a Formula One convention, you would be cosplaying as Adrian Newey. <laughs> that wouldn't be that hard. <laughs> I would, but I would also beeline for him. I'd be like, can I have your autograph on my book, please? <laughs> oh, so but, you saw me with Simon Pagino earlier. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But it's, you know, he it's he's one of those designers that I really admire. I read his book. Mm-hmm. I really admire uh all the work that he's done and what he had to do to overcome, you know, having uh, the legendary Ayrton Senna die in a car that he designed. Um, but, yeah, I am, you know, reading his book gave me an all-new perspective on the Red Bull team. And, uh, yeah, I, I respect it and I enjoy it. And and even as a – I wouldn't say I'm a non-fan, but even as not as big a fan as you, I will say – Woe be unto him who underestimates a a chassis built by Adrian Newey. Correct. And, and Monaco is such a chassis heavy track. It is. That I can I can see Max doing it. But But and and there there is the massive elephant in the room that yes, Mercedes has developed their chassis like nobody else yeah. this season. They're doing great. They're coming with a with the legendary power unit. They're gonna have a, they're going to show up wanting this. Mm-hmm. With every fiber of their beings, and you know what they should, um, you know, for Nikki, absolutely. Um, but I also think that uh, they will have a formidable opponent in not only the Adrian Newey car that can make champions out of run-of-the-mill drivers. You also have Max Verstappen, who is arguably one of the quickest on the circuit, who's going to want payback for last year when he was caught out by uh, the turn by the swimming pool, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I don't speak French, but I or the it's chicane, piscine, I or piscine. I don't know. I don't speak French. It's, Whatever it's, the French word for swimming pool it is. Was, yeah, it's the, it, it was right there. He wrecked it. And um, I think he's going to want to come back after seeing Daniel Ricciardo win last mm-hmm. year with an incredible drive when his power unit was failing. Yeah. Uh, the MGUK or the MGUH, one of the two, uh, was failing, and he somehow still held on to put it on the po- mm-hmm. put it on the top step. I think he's going to want to come back in a big bad way. Um, but yeah, at the same time, being a huge fan of Nicky Lauda, I would not be upset to see Mercedes right. take this one. All right, yeah, you know, and it's crazy we say that because Mercedes has been just grinding down competition this year, so. For us to say, I would not be upset for Mercedes to take it because I wouldn't either because of the story there. It it speaks to how influential he was. Um, because most weekends, I would be 
I don't say upset, but I would be like, uh, can we get somebody, some new blood into the top two, right? It would be great. But, it uh, really would be great. But So it's time to call your shot, though. Are we getting new blood in the top two? And uh, if not, name your order. Botas, Hamilton, Verstappen, what order are they coming in? I'm going to name my. I'm going to call my shot with uh, Max Verstappen taking the top step. Whoa. Okay. Then Lewis Hamilton and uh, Valtteri Bottas. Okay. All right. Um, because yep. I was thinking, as much as I compliment Max here, um, I was thinking that Bottas top step, Verstappen second, and Hamilton third. Therefore, breaking the one twos, but also just kind of uh, just barely. Like like that would still be a dominant performance from Mercedes. Either way you go, this Monaco Grand Prix, and for those of you sitting at home, I mean, I cannot, I cannot tell you how excited I am, how excited we all are to be able to sit on our butts and watch that many races in a row. The Monaco oh, Grand Prix so is going to have a, maybe the most emotion of any race this year on the Formula One calendar. The emotion will run high. Very, very high with Nikki being gone for the first time. Max trying to come back. Max trying to come back. Haas realizing that they're just, they just might have figured something out in Catalonia. Which, thank God, that's <laughs> that I seeing the Haas name that far up mm-hmm. the charts just thrills me to yeah. no end. And McLaren, uh, Formula One, realizing that last week wasn't good enough and they need to up their game for this week. The, yep. There's a lot of stories riding on there. Unfortunately, we don't have the timing or the, the practice hasn't started yet, so we can't talk about numbers, but it's going to be a must-watch. Unfortunately, I'm going to have to watch it on DVR because I'll be driving to the Indy 500 that day. That's okay. I'll, I'll just be texting you the yeah, whole time. That is, I, I mean, come on. I mean, even as a as an F1 guy, that that is an acceptable substitute for Absolutely. missing. Absolutely. And it's, you know, and it's Indy, so I'm yeah. going to just be sitting there. It's going to be Monaco, Indy. Tim's a happy man. Don't don't worry about it. I'll uh, I'll try to we, walk my dog. We need to in make between races. We need to make next week Christmas theme because it's racing Christmas. It is racing Christmas. <laughs> this is like this is perfect. This yeah. is the greatest weekend it's, ever. It's crazy to be because we drive uh, to Indianapolis and back. And I think if you crunch the numbers, the drivers do more miles than we do. <laughs> they do, <laughs> but we take like ten hours to do Absolutely. it. Absolutely. But our cars last a lot longer. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. true. My little Toyota Corolla uh, survives. So, <laughs> all right. Well, uh, we're going to wrap it up then. Uh, this has been the Formation Lap. Uh, if you want to get in contact with us, drop us a mail. Drop us some mail. Uh, we have a mail bag at the Formation Lap at 101ESPN.com. I was made sure to get that really cool domain name because my personal one is like at the company that owns us name. And I'm like, I want us to have at 101ESPN.com. 100%. It's cooler Absolutely. that it's way. It's much cooler that way. We're also on Twitter at FormationLap101. That is FormationLap101. There's no the before that. Somebody took that. Would you believe? <laughs> oh, no. I couldn't believe it at Somebody all. Somebody took the term the formation lap? Oh, no. You know, we're going to get big, and then we're going to, like, corporate snipe it from them. That's what we're going to do. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, but if you want to tell us anything that we said wrong, I am at Tim STLF1. I know I made at least one or two mistakes. Please let me know what they are. We made, I made mistakes too. I'm at Inside Club's Head. You can DM us, you can tweet at us. But uh, we're trying to keep things interesting. And, uh, you know, sometimes you get things wrong. It's what professionals do is we get things wrong, but we just move on because we know our point stands. But uh, that is going to wrap up the formation lap. And we're recording this. The Blues are. St- playing what could be the Western Conference final clincher. So the first time in both of our lives, we're both born and raised St. Louisans. The Blues could be going to the Stanley Cup, and guys, I might cry. It's, I, it, oh, yeah. 
I think it's going to it's going to mean a whole lot to the city. Yeah. And uh, here's how much this means uh, for those of you across the uh, across the pond or on the coast. St. Louis is very much a baseball town. We would give up. I would say the consensus is we would give up three Cardinals World Series for one blue Stanley Cup. Like I like and and most people in this town would take that in a heartbeat. That's how starved we are for that championship. So that's how bad we want it. Without any further ado, let's let Simon uh, just drop it and wish the Blues good luck. Do it. Go Blues. Yeah. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Right now, when you come in and switch to T-Mobile, you get the amazing iPhone 11 Pro on us with iPhone XS (sighs) trade-in. Aren't these mountains majestic? Joe, are you even looking? I'm posting these amazing pics I took with my iPhone 11 Pro. It has three cameras. Whoa, those pics are amazing. And you have service too? T-Mobile. Their newest signal goes farther than ever before. Uh, then you can look up whether these are bear tracks, right? Or we could just run. Come to a T-Mobile store today and get iPhone 11 Pro on us with iPhone XS trade-in. And right now, get four lines for just 30 bucks a line with AutoPay. Switch today. Contact us if you cancel or credits may stop in full price due, plus taxes and fees via 24 monthly credits for well-qualified customers with qualifying service and finance agreement. Zero down with trade-in plus 3125 times 24 months. Pre-credit price $999.99. 0% APR while supplies last. Holiday tips and fun facts from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine & More. Did you know there are over 10,000 wine grape varieties worldwide? Here's to thousands of gift possibilities. My go-to holiday wine is Chardonnay. I love it with turkey and potatoes. Pile on the gravy. Let me show you our more than 8,000 party-perfect wines that are in your budget and out of this world. Whether you're entertaining or just bringing the wine, we'd love to share our always low prices and ridiculous selection with you this holiday. Now offering same-day delivery at TotalWine.com. Cheers!